0: Podcast
1: is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Alright. Jay here for Stretford Paddock. That's the record breaker. It you knows. talked to me before he even spoke. This is the Paddock Podcast. Live, of course. i do get involved in the comments and hit that like button. Joining me as always, sort of. It's Mr. Steven Nelson. Right. You right, right. You're right, mate. Alright, you're right. Been busy, you aren't you today, eh? Have oh, I? Busy little B. Hey? Eh? Get to that in a minute. Joe Smith, of course. Hello, all right? You're right. I'm right. you right? um, right, There was a change yeah. in tone there. I saw that. Mm. Well, I saw he, that. He needs a bit of a TLC, doesn't he? Right, After okay. the way he's just embarrassed himself, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> can't talk about it. I, I might do though. Um, you've been busy this morning with your big announcement that you told me about last night. Jay, you're not on the news in the morning because I've, I've got the news, which is that exact, exact words you said. Yeah, Forget this, the news. N- this is, this news. is what said news. I might be old traffic.
0: No, this is the news.
1: Right. It's like, okay, Sozard.
0: Um
1: and you were First it.
0: of all, Sozard. Yeah. Second of all, what is it? Yeah. That was what you said, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: And third of all, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so do you want to talk us through a little bit what what's been going down today? I'm sure a lot of people will have seen it. It's currently the top story on My BT Sport. My computer breaking. No, not your computer breaking. Oh, okay. Did it break or did you break it?
2: No, it broke.
0: It actually broke. You didn't throw it or anything. No. Alright. It's also not broken. Which right. is a key part to add to this. It's w- upstairs working as we speak. Um Let's talk Can't us through I've what's going on. It, what's what's happened keep today? today? part
2: of the functionality that I require. Mm, um right so today the we we I guess um announced um or published uh, an open letter to football I guess. Um <laughs> very specific I'm sorry. Um, football demanding um that government enact um an independent regulator to oversee football uh, to safeguard the future of football because let's be honest it's been a bit of a car crash the last couple of years hasn't it and uh, the last couple of months especially um as it stands we're at about seventy-eight thousand um who have signed that which i don't know what the record is for a day i'm sure we're nowhere near the record but it's bloody good going that is very uh, good going it's That's bloody ridiculous. good going. hitting 100 on day one is is a bloody good going. So well done to everyone, and thank you to everyone who signed that. Uh, Charlie in the comments there, 7, 78,553. Yeah. Um, so cheers to everyone who signed. If you can't sign it, you're not from the UK. Just share it, um, and, yeah. and that helps, and, and talk about it, and amplify it. We ain't done. This isn't it today. We are going to be pushing ahead with this. There's more content interviews. Uh, we've just I've just done vibe with five with Rio where we explained some stuff that I probably missed out this morning. Yeah. And I think it was quite crucial that we mentioned that. Like, a lot of people seem to think this is Rio or Gary Neville wanting to be the leader of this thing. That's not the case.
1: Yeah, because I mean, it's pretty fair to say that because when you first sort of were talking about what was going down, I was like, oh, is this. First of all, is this Gary Neville? Because he's quite active and he's quite a busy person. Uh, yeah, Yeah, is this him sort of doing things? And you were like, well, actually, no, it's more of a collective thing, isn't it? And it's like.
2: He's just like. He is the whip in it because that's his, he just loves it, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: it does. It's like when the class United two stuff, you know, when they were doing like the university, the hotel and all that years mm. ago. And I remember interviewing them all. And you'd interview Nicky and you'd get like, you know, a few one word answers. You'd interview Phil Neville, same interview Gary Neville, There for days. <laughs> and it's like, i would get the idea of who's actually behind all this. Yeah. And he thinks it's just gone to so his mates, like, do you want to do this? And they're like, yeah, you just saw it out. <laughs> Whatever. Do you know what? If you've done a lad's
2: holiday and you've got Gary Neville in your. Group, yeah, he's 100% the guy going to the travel agent, isn't
0: he? He's yeah. 100% got a clip, uh, clipboard yeah. and a headset, <laughs> right, right? Well, actually, so Rio, yeah. you haven't sent me your deposit, yeah, and I need uh, to send it to the hotel tonight if so. we want
1: to go to the water park, guys, yeah, <laughs> because I'm
0: gonna need those deposits. He's that yeah. guy,
2: yeah.
1: but you know what? Every group needs that guy, or fuck all ever gets done. That is true, that is true, and it, to be fair to him, this is kind of important. Yeah, And it is kind of beneficial.
2: And like I said before, he has worn, uh, except for an agent and possibly physio, although I'm not sure, he has worn every hat it's possible to wear in football. From a fan, to an owner, to a player, to a coach within the FA system, to a broadcaster, everything. So So for
0: those who don't know what this petition's about, because we sort of briefly mentioned it, what exactly is this petition for?
2: So this petition is to force Parliament to debate um, the merits of an independent football regulator, an independent football regulator would be like Ofcom is for the broadcasting world, like the energy ombudsman and the various different ombudsmen for all the different sectors of commerce, really in the, in the country. Mm. The energy ombudsman, you know, do, do you think the energy o- p- uh, energy companies wanted an energy ombudsman that tells them that they have to have fair pricing? Absolutely not. Do you think people, you know, really want? Ofcom, when they're a broadcaster, meddling with what they do. Absolutely not. But the Premier League cannot regulate itself. They've proven that. The FA cannot regulate itself. It doesn't have the power over the likes of the Premier League. It's proven that. Uh, And the EFL, unfortunately, is is sitting behind those two in the car, to be honest. Those two might be driving it and and passenger. EFL sitting on the back. And then non-league and grassroots football, you're in a different car. In the trailer. Yeah. So an independent regulator that can smack them both down when they need to be smacked yeah. down, because they occasionally do, um, yeah. is someone that hopefully has the power. And this is the, the the one saving grace of this horrible government that we've got is that they're populist. Marcus Rashford changes policy with a tweet. Yeah, it does. That's one thing. So when you see something that's got the groundswell of um, the amount of people that are involved in this and the petition being signed at the rate that it's being signed... That's something that this government would act on. Now there is an independent fan review, fan-led review that Tracy Crouch, as the minister for culture and, and music and sport, is leading. Yeah, and I'm I'm assuming that that f- the findings of that report are going to be along the lines of something like football needs independent regulation, yep. which is why it's almost like a two-pronged attack to get this force through. Mm. Um, the petition will go hand in hand with the review, and if the review does. We don't know the the result of the review, but if the review does come out and say football needs someone to look after it into an independent body, then the government is probably going to have to act Mm. um, and, and enact this. And if the timings for everything are right, what you might end up with is a very powerful organization that gets the power. And I don't know how, I don't know the mechanics of that. I'm too dumb to understand exactly how that works but it, if it gets the power to enact the change it requires, it's a very, very positive thing for us as football fans of any club. This isn't a United thing. This isn't a Liverpool thing. This isn't a Big Six thing. This is a football fan thing. You know, grassroots needs more money. Non-league teams need more money. League One and League Two that. teams need a bigger share of the pie coming into the Premier League.
1: All of this matters. So, so I mean, some people may be cynical, like what would you say to people that say like is this sort of the big six or the people at the top sort of trying to protect their interests mm. or is this sort of you know people who yeah just have a vested interest in making sure the status quo is maintained well no
0: it's you no know, because it's it's I'm not I'm not saying yeah that yeah, like, yeah well yeah no, of so. course it no no top 6 club would vote for this yeah. This isn't in the interest of the clubs or the owners of of yeah. the big clubs. This is in the interest of taking power or certain liberties that they seem to be well up for away from those owners and away from those clubs. This is leveling the playing it's field in owners. a way that everyone can can you know understand that if you're going to buy my club, you have to be suitable to do that. If you want to take my club to another super or to a super league or away from the premier league we're going to stop you from doing that if you want to put season tickets up to five grand a year w- there's someone there to stop you from doing it. obviously the market dictates some of those things currently and you know to a certain extent works but you know not uh, we've seen it enough now that we can't rely on those people to to do that themselves and and yeah and, and like Gary have was saying on the calls that we're on the clubs don't want this yeah lower clubs do you know, there's teams in the bottom half of the Premier League and, you know, we won't say any names, but who in the past have expressed interest in something like this. There are plenty of teams in the Football League and non-league that would like something like this. Actually, the richer the clubs get, the richer the owners get, the less they want this, which to me shows that it's the exact opposite of that. It's certainly not a power grab for the top six clubs. It's, we if anything, rest- you know, keeping them from nope. doing the ridiculous things they're trying to do. Sorry.
2: Sorry, we won't name them, but I'm pretty sure you mentioned on one of the calls, didn't it, that there was a club... That supports this in the
1: Premier League. Yeah. Exactly. It's, quite, it's quite rare. It's not Just one of the top six in, in, a, in any business for a business to want more regulation. Well, no, exactly. And no that's one like really says, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's football, whether it's, I don't know, manufacturing, whatever, exporting, whatever. You don't say, I'll tell you what we could really do with, we could really do with some more regulation here. That'd be mint for us. Mm-hmm. People telling us what we can and can't do. We need a bit more of that. Yeah. Usually, you find that they, they like to deregulate things as a business. They like yeah. to have less people looking over their shoulder and telling them what they can and can't get away with. So, it usually, and again, you know, this isn't a blanket statement, but by and large, regulation usually helps the consumer rather than the business. It's yeah. usually to look after the consumer's rights to make sure you're not getting things you shouldn't get. And this is how this this kind of feels. Um, a- another question, I know this, I'm just sort of scanning through no, some of the course. comments and. I think it's a positive thing. Some people may be saying, well, what were what, what, what the FA doing? Yeah. Surely the FA are the regulatory body who should be dishing out fines and punishments for people that do things wrong or for monitoring clubs and make sure they don't step over certain marks. So where are they in all this? I know your answer, but what were it? Well, the
2: FA was here three weeks ago. It did nothing. It had no power to do anything. Yeah. So I, I think that if I was looking at how this... Like I said, I am no expert on this whatsoever. But if I was looking at how this can all become reality, I think the fan-led review that Tracy Crouch is doing is going to be massively key to anything that goes through. That, in conjunction with this petition, is going to make Bojo at least look into it and try and figure out what the public wants so he can jump on board and say he fancied it all along. (laughs) But what needs to come next is... Probably something along the lines of an owner's license um, or a chairman's license or a a football club license. You you have to have a license to drive a car. You have to have a license to serve alcohol. I'm sure there's a million other things that you need licenses for as a business in the UK, but you don't need them to run football clubs. And and the FA was here when, uh, what was the geezer at Berry called? That's just bankrupted Berry. The guy had like liquidated like a dozen companies in like the last five years or something like Steve that Steve Dale, and then they just let him buy berry like that he wasn't going to liquidate him. and guess what he did yeah. he liquidated them like do
1: you know do you don't know, remember chester when they had the alleged drug dealer who used them chester went under didn't they do mm. you remember they had to re- fight, re- restart as a phoenix club but there was there was talk allegedly of the fact that the, the guy that took over chester was just using it for money laundering i'm not sure whether that's case. i don't know but We've had sort of nefarious owners. Portsmouth had nine owners in a year, <laughs> one of whom didn't have any money, literally, <laughs> pretending.
2: Well, Sinawatra, a literal crook.
1: Yeah, he's still, and he still wanted
2: somewhere. Uh, but he fa- he passed the so-called fit and proper person's test Passing that the FA's and enacted. So you're like, well, this fit and proper person's test isn't fit or proper. Like, Other than and that it's really good. Yeah, yeah, It's just, it's not fit for purpose. And the FA's been in power for 150 odd years. It has no power over the Premier League. It only has power over the FA Cup really,
1: in this country. it's Even that's a shambles. Yeah. Even that they can't get, you know, whatever, you know, the FA Cup, we've still seen now it's like, oh yeah, we're going to have the FA Cup final in the middle of all these other games.
2: Yeah. It's ridiculous. When when was that a a thing? Uh, So the Premier League's trampled all over
1: the FA in terms Mm
2: -hmm. of that. The FA doesn't have any power here whatsoever and it's sad and it's wrong. So to the EFL, the Premier League and the FA are like three orphan children. Right, okay. And they need uh, a parental figure that mm. can come in a, and deal with all of them. Um, and, and I think that's what this regulatory body will need to be. And you know, it's not going to be making sure shorts are a certain length. It's not going <laughs> to be involved yeah. in utter wibble like that. It's going to be...
0: Yeah, the diameter of your white lines are too big. It's not going to be that.
2: No, it's going to be um, major fan issues. So do you know what I think it could be or what might be a great idea for it is to make the Football Supporters Federation like a governmental body. That might be a way to make that happen because the right kind of people are in the FSA right now anyway. Make that an official body with power. Maybe that's the move. The the key is the power, and only the government can give the power, and that's why I think something like an owner's license would be a way to make that powerful. So every year, I assume, licensed premises like Joe Sinclair you need to apply for your license and to apply and get your license, you've got to hit a certain criteria. Mm. One of the criteria could be, are you polling 51% of your season ticket holders on major decisions? We don't think you are. We're not granting you this license. And and then make them go and change how they're, they're acting and stuff like that. This feels like some bullshit little petition. And we've all seen millions of petitions Mm. But I genuinely, genuinely think if you sign this thing in conjunction with the fan-led review that's going on, and I saw the question there from someone, uh, from Chris Low, who's dropped a super chat in, signed, but don't you think this is shutting the gate after the horse has bolted? Imagine you live in the most crime-ridden area in the country, get an alarm. You've been robbed once, you've been robbed twice, get an alarm and stop it a third time because... They're going to keep coming back and robbing us. Mm.
1: Don't forget the rest
0: of Chris's Super Chat with sports washing and bad owners throughout yeah. the game, yes. which is a very good point. But like you said, if, if if you can stop it happening again, or you can, like, we've seen with the Super League idea that we're not just at the limit of how bad this can get. It's, it's bad now, but there are many ways for it to get worse that people who have power currently want to do. So yeah, it's, it seems like, well, isn't it a bit late for this? Well it's better late than never because it can get a lot worse than this.
1: Um, also in the Super Chat, Imran Mohammed says, as King Cantona says, hoping for Palestine. You've probably seen the pictures there of yep. Eric Cantona showing his support for Palestinian people. Um, Andrew Hastings says, petition is at 80k right now. Good. So we're getting there. Um, obviously starting that uh, discussion, which is what we want to see. Ross Murphy in the Super Chat says, Jerry the Berry," obviously getting your reference day there. Glad to see. The old Phoenix Knights fans are there as well. Um, <laughs> this is a. This to me feels like a step in the right direction. Do you think something like this, let me just sort of get ahead of myself massively, could influence the Glazers? Into, 100%. Into thinking, this is just getting a bit shit for us now. Mm. Like, we've got the fans kicking off, we've got sponsors pulling out. Now we've got Gary Neville and his band of politicians saying, you're going to have to do as you're told, and you're not doing another Super League, which we're banking on doing about four years from now, when you know, because we can't just walk away from all that money. Do you think this could be sort of. Shifting them towards let's just sell up and fuck off.
2: You gotta think this logically, right? Yep. They've got they saddled a little club with six hundred and sixty million pound worth of debt. since old? then, they've paid about one point five billion in interest rates oh. and debt refinancing costs. Jesus right? They've taken a fair bit out of themselves, somewhere in the region of like three or four hundred million.
1: Well, fair enough, they work hard.
2: But you know, if I was to say to you my, my business model is to basically fund a bank, you'd have been like, All right, cool. Have you paid all that debt off Steve? No. Right. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, for 15, 16 years, you've you've been running this club. They hate you, for starters. Everyone involved in the club hates you. There's a fat lad on YouTube called you Baldy Ponytail Face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which isn't an name I'm fully behind. Mm. And I, I hope so it
2: includes a, a think You still owe 500 million on the debt that you've been paying off for 15 years, and it was only 660 when you started. Honestly, what sort of cracking accounting is that, for starters? Two, you owe 240 million on players. 240 million on players. Half of them don't even play here anymore. You still got Di Maria and Lukaku on tick. Still paying that off. Yeah. And you just had to borrow 60 million to pay the fucking bills.
1: It's not good, is it, mate?
2: Don't tell me these are good owners. Don't tell me these know what they're doing. Don't tell me they're fucking good at finance. And all you lot in the comments that have had a fucking A-level in accounting, don't tell me that this is good for business to, because it reduces your tax bill. Your tax bill's not going to be 1.5 fucking billion over 16 fucking years, is it? While well, you still owe 500 fucking million on, the, on the, buying the pissing thing in the first place. It's absolutely ridiculous to suggest that these are good owners, that they give a fuck about us, and that they're going to put anything into club. I said it yesterday. If we were was fucking bought out before they built Carrington. We'd still be playing at a fucking cliff for training.
1: Oh, 100%. 100%.
2: They're an absolute disgrace. And it's not just the owners. It's everything else to do with it. These fuckers had their fingers in the pie for the Super League. They've not paid off all of that money because there's a fucking big old pot of gold coming down the rainbow. And the rainbow is the European Super League. 10 billion over 10 years they were talking about, weren't they? That's why they didn't pay any of it off, because they've got all this future cash coming down. Now the European Super League pipe dream has been burst. If it gets 51% of season ticket holders polled, all the 50 plus one thing gets enacted, all the regulatory body comes in, all the protests keep going up, and people start knocking on the door while they're in Florida, they're going to be like, get me the fuck out of here. So while you think, all right, yeah, this protest did nothing, that protest did nothing, fuck that shit. Get your boot on the neck and keep fucking pressing. Let's have it. This is the first time I've ever felt like we could do something as fans. It felt futile in 2005. It felt futile in 2010. Three weeks ago, I saw multi-billion dollar corporations and a fucking bank shit themselves and change their mind. And it was on fans that they did it. Keep
1: fucking going. Can you not sit on the fence, mate? (laughs) It really annoys me. Just give us your opinion. Uh, uh, Well said. Andre, Andre, Bogdan Georgescu says, if fans start packing OT again, the protesters will look just like a bunch of mindless hooligans to the media, sponsors, and the entire football world. Um, I'm not really sure about that one, bro. Uh, Shariesh Batari says, let's not forget Casey Stoney walking out. That's a huge statement on its own. Just shows the rot has spread to every every part of the club. Uh, L-U-H-G, U-T-F-P. Love United, hate Glazer. Up the fucking paddock, in other words. Uh, yeah, Casey Stoney, who... Shots fired and all that, basically said, you know, this is a shambles, I'm off. Yeah. That in itself, I mean, even if you're not that bothered about women's football, you can still care about Manchester United and think, that's not great. When we've made this big announcement, when was it two years ago, we're going to have a women's team, all right, nice one, but they're going to play in Lee Sports Village. We're not really going to give them any proper facilities. We're going to make them walk to the toilet for 10 minutes or whatever it was. Um, And then we're going to have a... Getting a manager who's really good and really successful, and then we're going to let her walk away because she's just fed up of having to deal with this nonsense she's a
2: United
1: fan as well. Okay, so I'm not I'm not 100 percent on that, but I know she's extremely popular with the fans. Mm. Do, was doing a great Did a job. a very good job. Yeah. And has just said, I, I can't work in yeah. these conditions. And it's just really it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that we, you know, we call ourselves one of the biggest clubs in the world. And yet you've got people just, you know, not wanting to be here because they just don't like the facilities the no yeah. way it's yeah. run. It's like you're talking about a normal E club, not a supposedly elite club, which, you know, when they were starting this European Super League, they were telling us how big and wonderful Manchester United were and that's why we're part of it and now you've got managers leaving Um, DD in the super chat says who do you want to buy the club who has four to five billion and won't treat it as an investment I am at Glazer but please be realistic about big business and just sorry there's one I've missed out Uh, Aditya Sam says Glazer's out and Barney Tassel's in I don't know who they are
0: the thing is the point there about who do you want to buy the club, I understand that because there aren't many That's people who have made billions of quid. Uh, me and you but, spoke about it somewhere. But here's the thing, though, that most people's problem with the Glazers isn't their human rights history, isn't their track record with sports washing and oppression. It is the way they've ran Manchester United. So if there was a government, a body that was in place that said you can't run it the way that they've been running it it wouldn't really matter who owned the club because they can't just do what they want with it. Like, I understand, you know, you're not going to get a, a lovely billionaire who made all his money selling tea cakes at charity fairs and stuff. That's not going to happen. But I think the problem with the Glazers is how they have treated Manchester United, not, you know, their moral side before they came to the club.
2: Plenty of people would, um, wouldn't would give a fuck if the Saudis came in. Sad but true. Just I know, I,
1: I think that would be a line in the sand for me. I, I'm just not. I, I hate the glazers. I think sometimes you get to a point where you go right are we going to continue with this now? Is this, you know, okay and and you know a, Ultimately, Jay. A regime. Fo- I know, I know. Football fandom's weird, right? And I'm it's, not blaming anyone by the way who it's would be happy with the Saudis. I've got mates, members of my own family who are like I of the Saudis. I get it. I just think that's when I'm like okay, now we're just what distracting from the fact that this regime's murdering journalists and the, I'm alright with that. Nah, no, I'm not.
2: The the thing with football fandom is it's irrational. Mm. It makes no sense.
1: No, that's true.
2: It, may, it, it can't really be rationally explained about why... Do I know them 11 blokes? No. I don't know the other 11 blokes that they're playing against or the fella in black in the middle. I don't know them guys. I don't know the guys sitting on the bench. I don't know those people. But 75,000 of us every week turn up and are asked about what they do at work. And it mental. It, you could not explain it to someone if it didn't
1: already exist. Have you ever, have you ever seen Seinfeld when he's trying to explain it about like... They were cheering him last week. Why are they booing him this week? Because he's wearing a different kit. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same man, but he's got a different yeah. uniform. Like. You're just cheering for the uniform, and you are. Like, yeah. it's that thing, is yeah. it? It's like, and it's, it's, it's crackers to some it's people. It's absolutely but that's what irrational.
2: We but one thing that draws people to football clubs, I mean, people, like, people level it at us all the time. And honestly, I couldn't find a fuck to give. So keep saying it. It's not going to register. You go on about history too much. That's who we are. Well, Without our what, history, why don't you just mean? fucking do a, a sweepstakes like you do for the Euros at the start of every season and pick your team? If it wasn't for the history and your connections to that club, why did, why did
1: you decide to to choose this club? If it's not for the history of it, look well, at that wall behind you. I mean, come on, that's, that's I know I, I hate that argument about history. It's okay. just it is ridiculous. Are you okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to. I've got a couple of super chats here that I'm going to read out. G. Van Gattore says, What happened to the whole McGregor thing? Can't be the only rich celebrity that would want
0: a slice of the pie at United. He's not remotely rich enough, is the problem.
1: No, but he's remotely famous enough
2: where he could get other people who are rich enough. Yeah. Because he could think get somebody right. If you him. was a random nerd billionaire,
0: which I am, Secretly. obviously. The yeah. secret, the not so secret billionaire. Yeah. I'll let it slip back. And you so.
2: could go to Conor McGregor? hey Connor will you be my best friend if I buy you Manchester United and he's like fuck it right that'd happen that could happen
1: yeah um, Philip Mershon says they are getting returns off an asset that they have no money in. If they recoup their principal with dividends and use the business to pay the interest, it's pure returns for them, no risk. Bad business, what just good for, good for the Glazers. Um, I'm going to get into, sorry, just let me quickly get into some of the comments as well, because this isn't just Super Chat Central. Um, so Andy Rock said, signed, it's currently sitting at just over 79,000. Um, I think it has probably gone up there. Uh, Glenn F says Sir Jim Radcliffe. A lot of people have mentioned Sir Jim Radcliffe, who's this sort of richest man in Britain, who also happens to be a United fan in inverted commas. He was linked with a Chelsea buyout a few years ago, so I'm not so sure about about that.
0: And also, who says he don't want fucking Super yeah. League? he just
2: bought a Spanish or a French team. Aren't he? Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I
0: just because he's a United fan doesn't mean he knows what he doesn't. He's like. He understands Man United. He's a United fan, like you said. He, well, who knows what I that know, means? I don't mean. It's like the kid. Which t- like, or which team does fucking it was that Boris guy Johnson f- support? Or was. It was David Cameron picked two different teams he likes. West Ham. Well, he got he likes West Ham, then he got mixed up with
1: Aston Villa, yeah. and then he realizes Aston Villa was the team he was meant to say. Um, oh my god! So that it might be that kind of fan. Yeah, well, there's a guy, the Arsenal guy, who uh, owns part of Spotify, who's been yeah. tweeting that he's he's tried to make a bid, and people say he interrupts meetings to check on the Arsenal score.
2: You've been up once, and it was him. an yeah. accident. Yeah. Sure, and
1: did. Was like, I, I can tell you the score, the losing. Um, Aditya Guttam says, uh, Ambarne 80 Bill owns Reliance, Reliance Industry, including Hamleys and Stoke Park. Tatters owns Jag Land Rover and many more businesses in the UK. It could work. Again, I mean, yes, they have lots of money, but they've got lots of money by doing things that get you lots of money and they might not want to just plow but lots the money But to and United, that's what I'm saying. Like get a
0: big return. Theoretically, if the Glazers didn't own United, you could say, made their money through banking, yeah. own another sports team. Like, it's anyone can come in and then, oh, fuck, it turns out they were greedy and horrible, and we've, we've lost we anyway. We knew
2: this early doors because they was like, we was like, Oh, are you putting any money in? And they were like...
0: <laughs> no, well, I know that obviously I from w- early on we knew the Glazers would we be bad. But what I mean alone. is, there's no real, There's no way of knowing that any of these people would be any better just because they're not the Glazers. That's why you need someone to watch what people do and actually stop people doing the wrong things. I mean,
1: ideally, you'd want United you know, to be fun on
0: you? Well, that'd be great. Yeah, but that's, like... that's going to be so difficult. I know, isn't
1: it is going to be really difficult. Anyway. I just think if we are going to sort of speculate it, about... Absolute
2: ball are out that someone's going to have to do it's if, if
1: it, like a Jeff Bezos could even,
2: even he's not the most cleanest person in the world or an Elon Musk or someone like that buys it and then goes right I bought it at this share price I will sell it back to the fans at the same share price so I'm not going to make any profit on it I've had it lads yeah. and, and he sold like 51% of the club back to the fans
1: he'd have a statue next to do you remember West. years ago where you could own a bit of United yeah. yeah and you could be like my dad used to have that £2. The, £2. see that, that team mind. over there that just won that treble I own them, I own a bit. That's me. That's yeah, my even team. like just the, the thing in it, like you say, telling you, telling your lad or your, your daughter, saying, "Look, we own a bit of that." It's just mm. mint, and it's the way it should be, but it isn't. Steve, you said something earlier about this feels differently to you. This movement, whatever you want to call it, you've been around in these protests since two thousand and five. We were all there for two thousand and ten. Um, was there a sort of two thousand and five? Wasn't quite the front line like you were. Um, you say it feels differently. Do you have more optimism that we're going to see it than you did back in the day?
2: Yeah, like all of the... Do you remember like six months ago, eight months ago, a year ago, like tweet at like five past eight at night, lasers out. Mm. I was like, this isn't going to do fucking nothing. Mm.
0: Unfollow Absol- United. stuff.
1: Yeah. I got, I, got, I fell asleep on a train and got woke up to a load of grief by devils hadn't tweeted Unfollow United. I was like, sorry, I've been asleep. Cause it just- started trending. <laughs> I was like... Sorry, but like I I'll never had the AJ. confidence
2: in any of those things doing anything.
1: I get why people. I, I know what you're. I, I get why people do it because you want to try and do something. Yeah, I understand it. Do you know what I mean? I understand it, but I'm right. I'm with you. I don't know how that ripple that it causes does that ripple reach them lot. Mm. I don't think it does. I I wish I was wrong or I I'm wrong, but I just don't. And that's not to say I don't want it to happen. I don't want people to still do those sort of things. I just think you know you need to do something where it's it's they're feeling it and they're feeling it when what is it, the hook team, what is it, Hook. The hook group. Hook group, pull out. They're feeling it when there's... Call, p-
2: call me if you're looking for a team yeah. plays in Reading Stretford for 200 mil, call me, I'll do it for 150.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they feel it when every <laughs> news network across the globe, mm. including blanketly across America, is covering the fact that Manchester United have fans on their pitch and the game's been postponed. They're noticing that.
2: See the old fans steaming in.
1: Mate, yeah, love it.
2: Do you see the, the players clapped them? Half of that was out of fear, I reckon. Co- I don't know if they ca- they carried the game on, but they stopped the game while they all came in. The ref shit himself, and then you see the final players clapping them through the haze of flare smoke. Nice.
1: Wow. There's we. You know though that there's United players that are about all this. They'll never, obviously, they can't say it, but the you know they are <laughs> like. Definitely. Yeah, uh, DD in the chat says uh, usually more regs in an industry is good for the big players. Will more regs reduce the opportunity for smaller clubs to succeed? Uh, sorry, smaller clubs to be bought out and succeed. I think, I think Steve touched on is, that before, but the idea is
2: not to be again. reliant on um, sugar daddies to come in because they ultimately destabilize <laughs> markets. What you want is. Um, everyone to be on a a fairly level playing field in terms of your revenue will be self-generated, broadcaster-generated, and sponsorship-generated. And then everyone can kind of compete. And sport is is fundamentally unfair. Because if that guy's faster than that guy, well, he's going to be a fucking better player than that guy. Sport is never a true-level playing field. It never is. Recruitment's never a true-level playing field. uh, And sport itself is never a true-level playing field. The sugar daddy thing upsets the balance. It, it does and whether you go well it's a good thing or we think it's an absolutely abhorrent thing it's a thing but you should always try and balance your football club and like i don't know whether this regulator could come in and, uh, and have some actual input input with uh, like a, a financial fair play thing like i think um gary never mentioned on one of the calls we was on he was voting for lots of stuff that would actually hurt salford and he said it was hard for him to to take his I own this football club hat off. He was voting for like stricter wage cap salaries, do you remember? Mm. And
0: he was saying like, I think, did it not go through? It went through and then it was taken back, I think, um, for the football league wage caps. Yeah.
2: But he was saying that he, you know, he's making decisions um, based on what he thinks is fairer for football. But while the rules are the rules, obviously they are backed by a billionaire. So they're going to do mm. what they're going to do.
0: And also when you look at like, oh, this, doesn't, this hurts the small teams. Well, 10 years ago, City were a small team. And now they're a big team. So it's not like they're like one of the biggest, one of the teams that was part of the Super League. So it's very quick before a team goes from being a small club that needs some help to being one of the big problems in football. So I think trying to stop that is probably a better thing than you know, thinking, well, what if Man City, you know, or a team like Man City might struggle? Well, this is the other side of it and and there are much there are infinitely more cases of owner comes in fucks the club leaves than there is owner comes in and is massively successful because that's basically city chelsea the obvious two leicester to a lesser extent because people, they haven't spent the, above their mean but forget like, that, it's so rare like, yeah. it's yeah, so yeah, rare though that, so that, that a big owner yeah. comes in and a club just goes fantastic this has worked so many more times it, a, a big owner comes in Sticks around for a couple of years, do a bit of a QPR and fuck off. <laughs> that's mostly what it is. Yeah, so it you is. know, it's not like there are so few success Portsmouth, stories that Port, that's Port, what Portsmouth people focus on. So Portsmouth, Leeds, Portsmouth Wednesday's another one it. I mentioned earlier, QPR. There's like hundreds of them, hundreds of occasions where players, managers have come to... Uh, uh, Owners have come in and made things worse rather than better, and there 's a handful where they made it better.
2: read that Oliver Lewis is the disabled fan issue something that was included in a letter not named no it wasn 't um, I think it was being quite brief, but i 'm sure uh, an independent regulator would, would would work better for disabled fans than the fucking no representation that disabled fans get at the moment. Mm. I mean, look at the state of Manchester United for one, so United dug out the entire East stand. Was like, yeah, I was gonna put like this entire sort of like horseshoe end of East End uh, for all the disabled fans you like, right? So, for those who don't know, Old Trafford is cambered to fuck the pitch, so some of the seats are below the pitch,
0: don't and the to. view on those is almost impossible to see anything.
2: I was on row PP, so several back, but when I was in East End yeah. for years and years, decades, we used to watch the second half because famously United attacked Stratford in second on the telly inside the ground, yeah. because the view was that bad, stood up on row PP. Yeah. Now you put someone in a chair, yeah. um, in a wheelchair on ground level at row A, you'll see it a third of the game yeah. at best. Like you, From where I was, do you remember the um, Michael Owen goal? Where I was stood on row PP, I couldn't see the ball because the pitch does that that much. Yeah. I can see movement and yeah, I can yeah, see things, yeah. So I know what's going on, but I can't see the fucking ball. So I have to wait for a ripple in the net and see the Stratford end jump up to know we've scored. Yeah. So putting disabled fans below that sort of first ring of sort of advertising boards that you see is fucking monumentally stupid. Not only are they in the firing line for shots. Yeah. Well done. Your most vulnerable fans. They're also underneath the away fans. Well fucking done. Your most vulnerable fans. Throw flares at them. Great. Well done. You fucking knobs. Also, they can't fucking see.
0: Yeah. It's, they've yeah, it's they've changed
2: it now, and they're going to be at the back of the Shrewsbury end, where they can actually see. But Jesus, yeah, like again, an independent regulator might have gone. You have to submit those plans to us for us to approve. Yeah, you're putting disabled fans on row A, six feet below your pitch. Yeah, you're off your fucking head.
0: Yeah. Um, has been speaking today, hasn't he, Jay?
1: He has. I'll get inside in one sec. Uh, Go just. On. Quickly through some super chats. Uh Sherry Espatari uh, back in says Tyson Fiora, and McGregor, Class United 2, and some rich fans. Surely there are a few millionaire United fans, right? Make the consortium happen. We had that with the Red Knights. But the thing is, you need a few
0: thousand millionaires. Yeah. That's a, a billion yeah. you know, five billion is a lot. Yeah.
1: Um Eddie Trooper, six 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 says in United's own annual report. There is scary section about the risks that relate to our debt. If we default, banks call in the loans and the club suffers, not the glazers. Read page 22 and then tell me these are good owners. That's mm. that's good. Like, there's some facts there and the facts are out there. You can find them if you like, yeah. you know, a little bit because I know, listen, I'm not a fucking, you know, I barely got a GCSE in maths. I don't understand all this financial stuff. I don't, I get that these owners have absolutely bleeding my club, dry and it bad for it, but I don't know the, the full ins and outs at times. and do you it i got to say is Leeds United. Look out.
2: Leeds United banked on income in the future that went tits up and yeah. went away. And do you know what the funny
1: thing is about that? Who was the, sort of the architect of all that?
2: Um, what's he called? Oh, what's he called? I know what you mean. Peter Risdale. Risdale. Yeah.
1: He was the architect of that. He, gloated about it, was spending money, We're buying all these players, you know, Seth, what's his name, and all them players. Like, Seth Johnson? Yeah, on like, you know, played eight games and was on like, f- like ridiculous money and cost ridiculous It He was money. on more than Roy Keane yeah, in it was just ridiculous. He did all that and I, I remember a few years later interviewing him when he was chairman at Preston mm. and it's like, you wrecked Leeds with your just stupidness and now you've somehow gone into Preston and like, oh, don't worry, I'm the answer to your problems here. And it's madness. Yeah. It is utter madness. But this is what we're up against. Um someone out someone in the chat. Can you see that's some Stephen you. I'll let you read that, Steve, if you want. Or not. Um, right. Let's have a look. Fans are back in tomorrow. I'm not going. Right. You're not going. I'm not going. We've got some people that we know. Why did you say
2: you're not going? I'll tell you why I said not going.
1: For me, personally, my match going experience, one thing I love about going to the match is mm-hmm. me, and friends, going out with my mates. I see. I only see them at the games. It's a big part of it. Um, I love all that sort of camaraderie, and it's it's what I love about being at the games. Ten thousand fans? That's not going to happen. Also, maybe I'm being a bit naive, but you know, I'm not the youngest I used to be. Let ten thousand more, keener, enthusiastic, frontline fans have it.
2: Yeah, similar. Um, I got me old man. Yep. And it was a case of you have a fifteen minute window to get into the ground when they dictate. I'd have been all right. But my dad was like, "Well, I'm in work till five. It's a six o'clock kickoff.
1: I think, and you got to be there early as well. I think four o'clock.
2: Yeah. So uh, you got windows, which if you missed later, you're not coming in. Um, you're not necessarily sat where you sit. You're not necessarily sat like you said. The match going experience is a lot to do with like mm-hmm. seeing the lads. Uh, we have a uh, a Facebook group for all of the lads, sort of stuff, a Facebook chat with all the lads that are around. It's just called three one o three because that's our block. Like. That would be a part of it that would be missing. We don't even necessarily know where you're gonna be. Patterson's got his, he's like ten seats away from where his actual seat is. He's buzzing. Yeah. But it's gonna be like, I'm stood here, there's someone four, four rows away that way, four rows away that way, four rows away. I'm basically just standing in Old Trafford almost on my own.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not about that. That's can't not, sing. Yeah, can't, you can't dive sing, all over. Apparently. I've yeah. just this they were saying earlier you can't potentially. But they sing. initially said that you could. Yeah, no, yeah, no,
2: Like you go, um Yeah. So at the time it was, can't sing, yeah. have to sit down, can't fucking celebrate a goal. And I was like, this is some sort of weird, dystopian future version of going to Old Trafford that I don't want in my memory bank. And I was mm. like, this feels like so much of a bar leg that I don't want to experience it. So I said, no, nah, I'll just watch on Sunday.
0: I think it's exciting though. And it's good that it's it's definitely, obviously, a step forward. But I'd, I'd, and I mean, I would have gone just for the sake of having the memories of, oh, I went when it was 10,000 and it was COVID and it was weird and here's what it was like for two weeks. I would have gone for that because it's probably only going to be all things go to plan two well, one game. Yeah. This is it. This is the last home game of the season, isn't it? So, like, I would have gone for that.
2: I Ain't been in 15 months, I'll wait.
0: No, I I agree with that as well. I understand why it's not the ideal scenario, all the things you've mentioned, but there'd be part of it to go... I went to that one game when there was only 10,000 fans and it was mental and it was it weird. Was shit. And it was shit. But <laughs> yeah. it it's no, listen, I get yeah.
1: that. And it's, you know, we've all done those sort of a ways, not you? you're one of only a few thousand or few, you know, there and it's, it feels like that. Um, there's been some update in Sterling from Must. Um, has just told us, well, not just told us, he's tweeted it uh, a few hours ago, but just anyone's going and they're not sure what whether there's any sort of protest or anything going on. Um, apparently there's a green and gold thing going on. So if you, d- you go to the game in the 51st minute, um, everyone's going to be waving the green and gold scarves as a sort of uh, protest. He's it iterated peaceful. that it's peaceful. Uh, there's some rumours of
2: things that are not peaceful happening tomorrow.
1: Well, we're not here to condone or condemn those things. We're just here to bring you those inf- the information. Mm. You know, if people do things that aren't peaceful, that's up to them. Um, yeah, so it's weird, isn't it? Because, uh, like, everything is just odd about this game going into it from the football side of thing where it's not even that important really we've already got some relegated, four.
2: Side, of the relegated team, side pretty much in the top four and we're in
1: this awful run of lost back-to-back <laughs> home games you've got like a seventh of the crowd there so you have got a crowd but again it's you know it's pretty minimal and you've got all these protests going on as well um and also Ollie was sort of asked about this and there's been a bit sort of misleading headlines of people misconstruing
0: <laughs> really what, not just really? misleading yeah. i would say purposefully Incorrect. It's like out of context. Oli gonna Solsha. Yeah. The um, Telegraph. It's it's really bad. Like it's one of those things we go. I, I, oh, seen... I didn't think they did shit like anymore. Did well, you did... say
1: Maka shared it in the group?
0: No, we shared. It, he, he tweeted about it. Oh, so right. basically, the I'll Telegraph me... headline is, and, I'm, and I want to get it spot on because obviously the, the context on, you, is the whole point. You, you, you go on, and I'll but find their it. point I'll find is Maka. Solskjaer blames protests for United's lo- losses, and what he actually said was. The question was, do you think that the change in schedule has affected the, the players? And It's like, yeah, of course, it, of course it has. You know, we didn't have oh, time to recover, we had to change the thing. And they've gone, you, oh, you he's bastards. blamed the protest. Proper yeah, dodgy. That's like, it. that's the well. headline.
1: Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has blamed support of protest for Manchester United's recent
0: home losses. And, and if you get the actual quote of what he said, and, and, what it, and, not, and more importantly, of. what it's in response to. Because it's basically they it, it, extrapolating the fact that the change in schedule was as a result of the protest, and he and he said that the schedule ha- affected him, and therefore it, it,
2: And he basically come out and said that Emmeline Parkers was a terrorist, is what. He yeah, said. he he
0: said that's how far the extrapolation. Uh, it's it, ridiculous. Yeah. He, <laughs> lit- he literally said, "I'm not, I'm not going to be making excuses." Have you got, have you yeah, got the quote there?
1: Um, so I mean, it's it's quite long, but yeah, you know, um, s- he s- says s- we. <laughs> He's asked about what's the difference between positivity and negative, and the fans' negativity. The fans could get behind you and equally they could disrupt you by protesting. What's the difference? Um, and he just says, like, I think the mood in any club and the relationship between a team and the fans is vital to what happens on the pitch. We're all human beings. We're all to getting our p- supporters back in a positive way. They've always been there giving us extra energy and hopefully the players will give the fans a reason to cheer. That's what we have to focus on. It's a big game for us in that respect. Since the last time we had fans in against Manchester City, Great game. The atmosphere is the best I've ever felt at Old Trafford in the League game. The next time we can welcome the fans back in, I uh, hope that it's a positive one. Uh, There's a bit where he
0: mentions about the losses and they're talking about the schedule. Yeah, I'm just um, trying to find but it. But anyway, they've just completely. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, uh, Giga.
1: Sorry, yeah. So he he's sort of asked about um, the, the protest, people going on a pitch. Um, and the routine changed and these kind of things can surely have an impact on the players, yeah. which is the most leading question. If you ever start a question with surely, you're on to It's not a loser. question. It's not. Surely. it's a, Excuse me, mate, can you validate this yeah, headline surely, for me? surely this is my opinion and I want you to agree with it. Um And he says, yeah, surely. I just didn't want to use that as an excuse. We lost the two games, but surely it's reason behind the performances and the results we've had physically... It's impossible for them to turn up and play at the intensity and the level that's required because of the amount of games. Then you look at the pre- preparation in between. You haven't had the recovery in between. You haven't had the same routine as you normally do. We haven't had done the uh, tactical prep in the same way as we've had. Of course, I'm not saying that it didn't affect them, but was impressed at how professional they were in the way they went about it. There was none of them who complained. That's one of the big things for me, that we never complain. We never look at outwards. We can just look at what we can do. How can we maximise the situation? We tried to do that, but we couldn't get the results. The players have been good as gold. Now they've had a couple of days to refresh and be ready and we prepare as normal for these last two games.
0: She's not really blaming anyone. At no point does he even mention the protest there. And also... He literally if, just talked yeah. about the schedule. And if
1: you're going to look at the schedule, then you can argue as much that the FA or Premier League had us over with making it as tight as yeah, it is. The it fans
2: called. never said, you'll play this in between loads of other fucking games.
1: yeah. Um, Shahaj Shetty says, a "United fans fan since I was 12. I turned 31 this year. So do I. Um, after the Super League announcement, I have stopped watching live games. I watched the live watch long instead. It was a scarring event for a lot of us. Mm. Um, thanks for your support as well. I don't know. It was. It was.
0: Um... It definitely is a bit. It definitely is scarring, isn't it? it? It's. It's one of the events that's left a mark on me in terms of how I think about. It's added a, a real another level to." the way you appreciate or don't appreciate the owners of, of Man United and of the other teams. It's cha- Like it's added a real extra sort of notch or an extra brick in the wall of these guys just don't give a fuck. And that's not going to go away now, is it? Like no. you kind of... People, I know the, there haven't been pro- you know significant or large-scale protests at United for a while now, but I don't think that it will be another 10 years before... We see something like this again because they've just—it really was Honestly, too far months. this time. It'll yeah. be twelve
2: months. Yeah, exactly. Someone's got another. Like, let's not forget. I mean, we talk about you know the the Premier League and the FA and all that. Fucking screwed Wanted game thirty-nine. What's game thirty-nine? Or randomly allocated team that we go and play in Saudi Arabia or somewhere like that? Yeah.
0: What? I mean, it, yeah. That's exactly. ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it is, and um I feel sometimes like with with everything, like like you say with those press conferences, all the... He's on a bit of a hiding to nothing. He has to walk a fine line of not being too, like, you know, oh, yeah, it's great. And also not being too, they're all out of order. So people are always going to go. what so he says, I personally think if you watch that full video, I get where he's coming from. I don't think it was that bad at all. Either way, I think it's just a manager put hey, on the spot.
2: Watch out for people who give the headline, Ollie blames fans and fuck them people. Mm. Uh,
0: just before we wrap up, should we have a Wally of the week? Mm, good question. Um... Oh, I don't know, because I, I I think this is funny. So it's not actually a Wally. But have you seen that? <laughs> it's so shit. Have you seen that picture where it's Alan Brazil and Ray Parler, and they're at the pub, and they're indoors at the pub, and there's a big sign on the table. This is Wally, like the traditional, like your nan would say, Wally. Yeah, what? Like, such a Wally. What wall-ie. you like. And it's them two. Alan Brazil's face obviously looks like a, a dinner plate dipped in beetroot juice. Um, And the sign on the table says, Booking 4, and it just says, the lads on it and they're just probably just sat there like oh we the lads they absolutely love it so those two are the wallets of the week for thinking that they're banter boys for having the lads as their little table thing that's mine
2: man's Joe for his text to Carl Anker oh, <laughs>
0: I've, got, I've got it done It's a mistake that I made what's yours Jay? <laughs> you sausage
1: I might to in for saying that I'm live um, I'm gonna do you know what didn't want him back on anyway it was a wallet but he was like an amusing, funny wally, mm. and it—it's that Chelsea fan who <laughs> films himself.
2: Jay, can I ask you this? Go on. Okay, film yourself, right? If you like. Yeah. How did it get out?
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he, he must have. Yeah, he's gone. Oh, I look like a right twat here. Yeah, and we all looked like we've. He wasn't alive, was it? Wasn't alive? No, wasn't alive. Like no,
2: as it ended up, that goes. Can delete
0: that. Yeah, him yeah. and his mates don't look great on that. Even and that's the certain. best thing. They look he a bit rough. He
1: goes round like to his mates. We've got the equaliser in the last minute with Ben Chilwell. And all his mates like And then there's the one that's like giving it all out, like proper hard yeah. man. All right, okay, mate. And then the perfect moment is you can see over his shoulder. The, 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 C- the, the VAR, shot, the decision, yeah. offside. It's almost it's scripted. Perfect. Yeah, we it's perfect. For
0: anyone who hasn't seen it, we go over it in Premier League yeah, Piss Take tonight, out at seven o'clock. So. But it almost looks like an advert for. VAR or something that's what McCall says was like the shot is checking goal offside and then it, it, you just see the, you hear you the, hear lest, the, the Leicester fans, the fans, fans go and then all the fans got that and then the background it, it, the graphic changing just says off, no goal offside it's literally perfect framing by accident so good yeah well, he wins you can cheer yourselves up Chelsea fans
1: by beating City in the Champions League Final and stopping the scouts is getting top four. I had well, quid on Chelsea win at weekend as well. Um, Wally the week should be me.
0: Someone says there that they were on that video. Ronaldo one two
1: three four five. I was on that video. It's
0: <laughs> actually Ron Laddo one two three. Four, oh five. sorry, Ron Lado, Yes, my eyes. Well played. That's one of them words where it's like, do you know you can that phenomenon thing? Phenomenon where you can have a word and you can change all the le- the order of all the letters in the middle as long as you keep the first and last letters the same, yeah. And you can read it. Absolutely Your wild. brain's just done that with Ron Laddo. Yeah,
1: as well because now you point out, I can see it. Yeah. but I didn't beforehand. So yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea fans and Joe and uh, um, Alan Brazil are the yeah. Wallis of the Week. Fantastic. Uh, thanks for everyone who got involved. Thanks We're for all those super chats. Thanks for the comments. Thanks for liking video. Um, go and check Joe out at 7pm for Premier League Piss Take. Adam um, you've been seeing your Bessie, haven't you? Oh, I'll oh. tell you what. Go on. Give us a we teaser. We
2: absolutely quizzed him on... Um, he went deep on Wayne Rooney and what he was like in the dressing room and this and the other and... He also went deep on. Um, he had a big. The first time he's ever. T- he's like, I've talked about this before, Anna. This argument I had with Fergie. No. Um, and he said, basically, he went head to head with Fergie. He said, Fergie comes back in the dressing room, Munich away. we just lost. Comes in, shuts the door, and fucking steams over, gets that close to him, and just, who hey, no, the fuck do you think you fucking are? He goes, Gary Neville's hitting me on the leg, going, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And he's like, fuck you, fucking bites back at him. And he goes, I get in early the next day. Apologise. Shouldn't have said what I said. Gets in. Gets another fucking absolute chewing out of Fergie, doesn't he? He's like, all right, <laughs> not going to win. So there's that. He, him explaining getting fucking rinsed by Fergie. Um, and it, you know, it, basically, it's a fucking belter of an episode. We cover um, the petition. Mm. We go deep on Rooney. Um, his love for Glen which is mad.
1: Um, he has got a lot of love for Glen I think it's mutual, And it? said he had big plans for Real Fernand, didn't he? Um, once after um, France 98 because mm. Rio was obviously that ball-playing centre-back he always wanted that's Gareth Southgate and, and those others weren't Saul Campbell but Rio was
2: I reckon we get a couple of rums in him over the summer yep. I'm going to ask him about Sven I think there's there's a story to be told there I really? Think. yeah I think so
1: well go and check him out on uh, Real Fernand's channel go and check him out on our channel more importantly mm. uh, for his Premier League P-take you know where to find these guys on social media. Joe Smith, Night He's Mr. Stephen House. You know where he is. You know where I am. Jay Mott as well. This has been Paddock Live Podcast. Don't forget to hit like, share, and subscribe. And hit that petition if you've not done already. Thanks for watching.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.